proclaiming the gospel throughout the world. Bill Winston Ministries is bringing lost souls to Jesus Christ and teaching them how to walk in a victorious life. We invite you to receive all the blessings that God has for your life. Bill Winston Ministries presents The Believer's Walk of Faith. Hello, I'm Bill Winston, and welcome to another program. The program that you're watching is called The Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. We have an exciting program. We're talking about possessing our inheritance. Specifically, we're talking about all things are yours. Now, let me tell you something. This broadcast, you don't want to miss. Get your Bibles and pencils and paper ready. Take some good notes. Let's go into it. All things are yours. All right, as we look here in Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, verses 13, and then 16 and verse 17. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Verse 16, therefore it's of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, what we did is we read that same uh, scripture, or read part of that same scripture, if you will, out of the uh, Amplified Translation. We read uh, verse 16, and we got another degree of clarity by reading that. Here's what it says. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. So he's saying that God uh, said to Abraham or promised him that he would inherit the world. And, you know, that's a pretty big promise. And it's a pretty big vision. And it says, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. It depends entirely on faith that it might be given as an act of grace, God's unmerited favor. Now, this is so it can be guaranteed to all Abraham's descendants, not only those of the law, but also those who are the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. Now, that includes us in there because we are basically the seed of Abraham. I'm talking about through Christ Jesus. Jesus was the seed. We're in Christ, so we are the seed of Abraham. Whatever he gets, we get. Now, this is important because God had called Abraham out of the place called Ur of the Chaldees, which is, um, it was a very uh, heathen environment, and they were worshiping moons and cows and so forth. But he called him out of there, and instead of having many gods, he told Abraham that he would be his god. Now, that meant one god. Now, that, that's a change. That's a whole shift right there, because I've come from over in India, and I mean, they have, what, 5,000 gods or something like that, and worship some of everything in, in, in terms of one of those religions. But my point to you is, is now God is centering him down on trusting in one god, and this is a god 
that Abraham cannot see in the natural. God is a spirit, the Bible says in John chapter 4, 24. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Abraham is now going to have to shift from trusting in something that he can see, something that he, uh, let's say, can feel and touch and taste and smell, over to something that he can't see. And that's where the Christian faith is right now. Because once you become a Christian or become a believer, now you're going to have to believe. In other words, you're going to have to believe it before you see it, rather than see it to believe it. You follow what I'm saying? And, of course, you know, we burn incense and all kinds of things, trying to smell something or do something to have us to know that somebody's around and this is a holy thing or whatever have you. But God wants us to be able to be trained up on the Word alone as our evidence of God either with us or speaking to us or what we can do in Him and so forth. So that's the switch. And that's really what this is all about, what this lesson is all about, possessing our inheritance. It's about taking us from Egypt, from a bondage of the flesh, and having our flesh dictate the terms of our existence over through the wilderness where we are unhooked from trusting in the flesh and Pharaoh and everything and being treated like a Hebrew slave, coming over into a Canaan which is all spirit. It's a place where there's giants in the land and everything that has to happen in here has to happen by you believing it first and then the grace of God has to be involved. Grace means that God is with you. He's the one that's going to be enabling you to be able to do this. See? So that's the switch that's got to be made. And that's for every believer. Because that basically is what this teaching is all about. Now this is, uh, this is really taking you on to meat. You know, from milk to meat. Because this is the only way you're going to uh, take this possession. And all things are going to be yours. And the things that God has for you, you'd be able to take them into your possession. Now, as you know, God now has promised this land, the promised land, to his people. And uh, what we did is we went to a couple of scriptures. Well, let's go back there. And let's look over here in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you will. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now, over in Deuteronomy chapter 7, you see a clear picture of this. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, I'll just go ahead. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whether thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee. And he begins to name the nations, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Now, it's kind of interesting here how he calls it seven nations. Now, when I think of this this whole idea of seven, then one man says there are seven pillars of society. And in these seven pillars, um, you have uh, pillars mean something that hold up something. It's a structure, and a building is being held up by these big columns of pillars. And we can call them institutions. We can call them kingdoms. And these things here are actually holding up the world system. But the enemy has his people at the top of those systems and ruling those systems. And that's why you can see uh, in the education pillar, for example, the Bibles are taken out of schools. Well, you know, I mean, I don't think most of the people in the United States were for that. Yet it happened. And the reason why is because he had rulers at the top of those systems 
that were in places, strategic places of making laws that were against really the laws of God, but they were making laws, and these laws, once on the books, now the people, the school systems, whatever, have to abide by them. And so notice, if the enemy can occupy each one of those mountains, and the mountain of the family, the, and, and now you see in the family, you see um, uh, the traditional family uh, trying to be um, reordered, whereby there is no longer a man and a woman again. There's a man and a man, or a woman, or whatever have you. Uh, these, these are because these mountains have been occupied by strong men. And these strong men, not, not so much the people, because the people are just being used. It's the demons that are using people and creating leadership that is causing those things to be reordered. And one of the reasons why we're coming in, the church is coming in, and Joshua's going in, is because he's going in to bring everything back into divine alignment. And that's one of the reasons why the church is here. We're going to talk about the power of the church in just a minute. But that's one of the reasons why we're here. We're here to bring things back into divine alignment, no matter where it is or what, what's, what pillar or what institution it's operating in. So God is gifting people and gifting people in education. He's gifting people in uh, arts and entertainment. He's gifting people in politics. Why? Because he's going to raise these people up to dominate every kingdom, see? Now, the enemy cannot invent anything. I mean, he, uh, he's a counterfeiter <laughs> from day one. And uh, th there was a scripture that I ran across. I was in, in Africa. I'm just trying to see, uh, can I find that particular scripture? But I was in Africa, and I ran across this scripture having to do with God's ordering. And this is where I think some of the people got the idea that this is, uh, in fact, God has pillars out here. He was talking about the seven um, areas of wisdom over in uh, Proverbs chapter 9, in verse 1, he says, Wisdom has builded her house, and she has hewed out her seven pillars. And these seven pillars are these different areas, government, every, everything, it's seven of them. And these seven strategic areas are where the enemy comes in, and he occupies those. So now, it's interesting how you have seven spirits, seven strong men over here, Canaanites, Perizzites, so forth and so on. And now you have seven pillars. And then um, now uh, these were called, you can call them kingdoms. Because inside of each one of them is a full design of orchestrated um, strong men, demons, whatever have you, to hold that territory. And if you look over to Luke, now you can let that go. But look over in Luke, in Luke chapter 4. And over in Luke chapter 4, now you see where this um, is offered to Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 4, and look at verse 5. And the devil taketh him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Here are these kingdoms now. So he's showing him all these kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And then he said to him, he said, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I give it. Well, who delivered it unto him? And that was Adam. When Adam transgressed in the garden, and Eve and Adam followed the words of Satan, 
saw, followed Satan's uh, instructions or what Satan told them and veered from the Word of God, then they, their disobedience transferred the earth and these kingdoms over into the hand of this, this alien spirit. And now Satan's taken them, organizing them, and so forth. And look what he said now. He said in verse 5, I'll read it again. And the devil taking them up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Underline kingdoms. Then he said in verse 6, And the devil said to him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For they are delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If therefore thou wilt worship me, all shall be thine. See, work is worship. And so he wanted him, Jesus, to work for him. He's now saying, notice, there are three words I want you to unwind. The kingdom, the power, and the glory. Remember that over in the end of Jesus' prayer? He said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. See, all of that's designed to come back into the hands of God's people. Let's go over to Revelation, and you can let that go. In Revelation chapter 11, and in Revelation chapter uh, 11, look what it says here, if you can find it very quickly. In verse 15, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, we're, the church has been sent here to dispossess squatters and dismantle systems. The things that Satan has set up in this Babylonian system, to dismantle it, and to dispossess squatters, those people who are occupying land or territory or whatever illegally, because Jesus technically died on the cross, paid the price for mankind's sin, raised from the dead, defeated the enemy in open combat, took back everything that Satan had stolen, and now seated at the right hand of the Father and telling the church, go ye. Now, the church is a powerful institution, so it can do this. But if you can imagine now God raising up people with giftings. So he's giving giftings now, gifting in education, gifting in, 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 in uh, politics, what, whatever it is. And he's raising up people in those giftings, that as they come into those places, they come in like a mustard seed. And the Bible talks about that over in Matthew chapter 13, that it's planted in the field. And then uh, that seed begins to grow and increase and pretty soon takes over um, this mustard seed tree, grows up and becomes greater than anything else in the garden or in the field. Now, what is he saying? He's saying has more influence than anything. So God is raising up. Now, notice what he's doing. He's taking over those mountains and, and doing it without destroying people in their lives. I mean, you know, if you've got a lot of power, you can just go in and just shoot everybody and whatever have you. No, the Bible says wisdom is better than weapons of war. So God is applying his wisdom to his people to be raised up in a way that they'll end up on top being making the decisions for laws of this land or making the decisions for um, in business or uh, their business uh, outpacing any other business ten times better and, and people. Now, what are they doing? Influence. And the, in leadership, I teach that the greatest way that a person can lead another one is through influence. 
In other words, that person set an example, so forth and so on. In other words, you can make somebody follow you, but, but people really are designed to follow others by influence. And when I was a young kid, I was in the second, third grade, and, and there was a man who came into our, um, our classroom every now and then, and that's when Tuskegee Airmen were out there. They, they didn't have so much going in Tuskegee at that time, but they had those airmen still around, and they were flying, and every now and then, General Chappie James, who come in, well, he wasn't a general then, but, you know, the big guy with uniform on and pilot uniform and so forth, and he used to come in and get his daughter Denise and take her out or something because they were going to leave town or whatever have you. Let me tell you, when I saw him, I said, wow, man, I'm going to fly me an airplane. And Dad would take me out to the airport, and I used to see these airplanes flying. I said, I'm, I'm going to do that. Now, what happened? Leading by influence. One of the greatest ways to lead a person because you don't have to drive them at that point. They just want to be uh, what you're uh, demonstrating in, in their presence, in their life. So in this... God wants us to be raised up as his leaders. Now, this is godly leadership. So we're going to bring righteousness. We're going to be holiness. We're going to bring all these things that are consistent with the word of God. So what are we doing? Bringing everything back under divine, um, under this uh, divine um, uh, design of God uh, to exist in this earth. Now, I'm, I'm covering all of that because we're going in and possessing land and all things are ours and and the things that God is going to be giving us, um, we can use these things for influence. We can use these things for helping to preach the gospel. You know, sometimes people are trying to preach the gospel with, with crumbs. You know what I mean? It's hard to preach the gospel on the level that God wants it to be taken with crumbs. That's why we're just winning one or two or three here and so forth and so on. Folks, God wants hundreds of one at a time, nations one at a time. But when you do that, it's going to take money to do it, not only for the crusade. It's going to take money to take care of the people and have jobs for them and so forth and so on. So look what it says here in Psalm 105 and verse 44. And gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people. So this is what happened. He gave them the, the, the land of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people. All the labor that those people had put into it, God had his people to take possession of it. Now, understand, it's by grace. You need God's help to do it. And it's by faith, meaning that it's already paid for. Faith becomes the title deed. So God is going to transfer it over. Now, true enough, God may give money to a person that they can possess this. And because it may be that um, this is the way God wants to do it. But the point of it is, is even though somebody else is on that land, that land belongs to God's people. And God wants it done. He wants it transferred. Because you and I, uh, uh, in, in respect of God, uh, we, he doesn't want us to, uh, to not possess what Jesus died to provide. All right, look what it says over here in Ecclesiastes while we're still here. In Ecclesiastes, that's on the other side of Proverbs, in chapter 2. And over in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, we brought this point out as well. Let's go over there and look at verse 26. And God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. So the sinner has um, a ministry, and the ministry is to heap up, to give to those that are good before God. Let's go over to um, pr um, Proverbs, please, in Proverbs chapter 13, very quickly. 
Proverbs chapter 13. I'm reading all of these now because faith cometh by hearing. And one of the things you've got to know is that that's your land. And when something's yours, when you have ownership of something, believe me, your attitude is totally different. Somebody walks out with somebody else's coat, that's one thing. But when they walk out with your coat, <laughs> without permission, that's a whole other thing. So I'm saying when Satan can walk off with the earth or walk off with the wealth and so forth, it's because God's people have never taken ownership. We've never taken possession of that. Remember what we said the word dominion means. He gave man dominion, gave his people dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. And that dominion means lordship, it means rulership, it means oversight, it means caretakership, it means stewardship, it means ownership. So God has given his people ownership over this. So look what it says in verse 22 of Proverbs chapter 13. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now here's the point. The point is how long are we going to leave it laid up? If it really belongs to you, then we're not waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. And what I said is now we're going to have the faith that takes and not the faith that waits. Now you're not taking from God because he's given it to you already. What happens is the enemy is on it, so you have to take it back. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, that until, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now when he says force, the force of faith that we've got to use our faith to take possession and get God to transfer something over into our hands that God wants in our hands so that the enemy won't maintain it. You'll find that if the enemy keeps the wealth, he can fight the war. You'll find that when many times when people are going to war, even in, in our Iraqi war and in, 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 uh, in, the, in the east, uh, uh, in, um, uh, in, in Iraq, uh, Desert Storm, whatever war was fought, and you'll find that one of the biggest problems that they had is money. They had to finance that rascal. I mean, that thing costs billions of dollars a month. And so I'm saying in that, for the enemy to fight against us, he's going to have to have some, some revenues. He's going to have to have some, some, some actual um, uh, money and, and, and wealth to be able to fight that. So uh, he knows that if he gives you the wealth, then you're going to have to, you're going to wage war against him with it. And that's why uh, people who have a lot of money notice they'll give to, to, to an art museum or <laughs> they'll give over to, to this or that, but they will not give to that gospel because the gospel will always bring people up and first of all, making them understand what belongs to them, but it will bring up a warrior and that warrior will come and take everything that the enemy has. Let's go over to Job and just go Job. Job is over uh, before the uh, book of Psalms and Job chapter 27. There's another place. Look what it says in verse 13. This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of the oppressors, which they shall receive of the Almighty. If thy ch his children be multiplied, his force the sword, and his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread. Those that remain of him shall be buried in death, and his widows shall not weep. Though he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just are going to put it on, and the innocent shall divide, divide the silver. So he is saying that even though the sinner would prepare this, all the clothing and all the money and so forth and so on, the, the just are going to put it on. Who are the just? That's, that's the church. That's us. That's people who have been justified, washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's us. We're going to put it on. Now, who said this? God said it. Now, I didn't say it and you didn't say it. Now, let's not argue with God. 
only thing I want to do is fulfill the plan of God that he has for this earth. And one of the plans that he has for this earth is to transfer the earth and the inheritance of this earth back over to the hands of his people. Salvation, wholeness, peace, prosperity, and divine health. These are all part of your inheritance. How long will you wait before taking possession of the promises that God has already given you? Everything that you need has already been placed within you. Let's go up at once and possess our inheritance, for we are well able to overcome it. Jesus paid the price for Adam's transgression and took everything back. He did it legally. Now he wants his body to manifest it. In this new series by Dr. Bill Winston, you'll learn how to obtain your inheritance through faith. For you to get what God has for you, you're going to have to separate your feelings from your faith. Because if God has given it to you, you're going to have to take it by faith. Order Possessing Our Inheritance today, and Dr. Winston will explain why everything Satan stole from mankind, Jesus got back. Why as a joint heir with Christ, whatever he has, you have. Why the enemy is after your faith, and much more. If faith ever comes, it's going to overcome any obstacle that Satan can throw at you that will keep you from reaching your promised land. To order your copy of Possessing Our Inheritance, simply write to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois, 60303. By bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.bwm.org. Now is the time for the body of Christ to lay hold to the promises of God that are rightfully ours as heirs of God. Order your copy of this dynamic series, Possessing Our Inheritance, today. Oh, praise the Lord. I trust that you enjoy that. Now, that is a powerful teaching. It's talking about all things are yours. Now, this comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and this is Paul with a revelation of what's happening in this earth, that you and I have been sent in this earth, and all things are ours as a seed of Abraham, because we are, have inherited the world. Now, we just don't indiscriminately come and snatch something from somebody. But if there's anything good about it, if there's anything of value to you, anything that you need, anything that'll enhance your mission or your assignment, you have a right to it. Now, God transfers it by faith. And how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you can transfer things that you need in this earth. See, your job is, 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 is not your source. It's not that thing that God wants to use so you can buy this house or whatever. Uh-uh, you're not working for a living. Once you're in the kingdom, your living has already been provided for. God has your provisions covered. You need to get this teaching. It's address and phone number on your screen so you can get this down in your spirit. This is a great revelation. This thing set me free right here. No longer am I working for a living. I'm working for a given. Praise God. Well, this is Bill Winston saying we love you. We'll see you next time. Keep walking by faith. While in the Chicagoland area, Pastor Winston personally invites you to Living Word Christian Center. 
We're located at 7600 West Roosevelt Road in Forest Park, Illinois, just 20 minutes from downtown Chicago. Our Sunday services are at 7, 9, or 11.15 a.m. with a midweek Bible study Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, please call 708-697-5000. Today's message is available in its entirety on CD or DVD when you use the product number on your screen by writing to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois, 60303. By bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.bwm.org.